Welcome once again to another episode of the Family Prosperity Podcast. I'm Michael Redden, and today we're going to talk about uh, whether or not you put your family first or your business first, and whether or not one or the other is a better way to go. So fundamentally, this is kind of a culture issue. When a family first starts a business, and when one gets started there, whether it's a family business or not, it kind of consumes you, right? You have to go work long hours. Everything that you think about is about the survival of that business. And it's not really even mainly because it's what you're passionate about or it's because uh, it's what you really like to do. It's your dream. A lot of times it's because your financial security is tied to that. When we began a lot of times, whether or not our family ate, whether or not the family bills got paid, was because the business was successful, the business was healthy. And for successful driven people, even if you're not in a business, if you're not an entrepreneur, you know, they get that little workaholic syndrome. They put their career first and they go for it. That's what driven people do. And in the initial stages, it's what's necessary. It's what you've got to do. And in a family business, it becomes a family affair, right? Your spouse might do the books when you're first starting out. The kids are going to come in. They're going to sweep floors. They're going to do these other things, and they're going to be involved in the business. It touches everything in everyone's lives. That's really going to be the difference between a driven employee and a driven entrepreneur and a beginning family business that's going to be that the business is going to permeate everyone's lives, every facet of the family. If you're just an employee, you know, you can't bring your kids in too often and have them actually see hands-on what's going on in the company. It's still, they still might feel like it's center because you're gone a lot and you're working a lot with that. And maybe you talk a lot about the office. But that's really your world that doesn't really come into theirs. When you're a family business and you're an entrepreneur, that world comes into everybody's life, everybody's world. Everyone has to walk that way. The priority becomes that the, the business success isn't most important. It's survival. And many people stay here. And even when the business becomes successful, we still have this business first mentality. It's all about the business. That really becomes our identity, right? It may have taken the business five, ten years to get to a comfortable level. And when it becomes comfortable, because we put that intensity towards it, it's us. It's who we are. And we face those same growing pains when it comes to scaling and letting go. And that's just a natural thing. That's a reality for the entrepreneur. But how does it affect family life? You know, Because the goal of this podcast is to talk about these issues and talk about how we can take care of the people, not just the dollars. And that business, when it's overwhelmed your life, most of the people you see are going to be employees, customers, suppliers. Even when you come home, you don't really disconnect from it, right? Because you've got your spouse working in the business doing odds and ends. you got the kids working there. 
The business dictates when you can have family time, when you can go on vacation. It's the price of success. It's that sacrifice. But if we're really going to take care of the people, it can't stay that way. And we've talked a lot about um, some successful family businesses, some of the iconic ones, and some of the challenges that are there. And one of the things that we're going to continue to cover here is how different approaches, different cultural aspects are going to affect whether or not that business is going to survive, whether or not the family is going to survive, whether or not we can take care of everyone. Because fundamentally, past the financial piece, past where the dollars are, it's your family culture that's going to make that family come to life. It's that family culture, that family priorities that are going to keep you together. And when we talk about family culture, that's really that difference, that fully fleshed out culture between a living family and I guess a family you really could just describe as dead. We've hit up on that who's your family thing for a long time, right? And whether you want to admit it or not, if your response is talking about those individuals and and we don't really have that living, breathing person as a family that we need to succeed. And this principle applies even if you don't have a business. If you just want to keep your family together and you're not wealthy or affluent yet, that's where it's at. If you can't describe that family, what you stand for, who you are together, if it's not something bigger than yourself that everyone's a part of, it's a dead family. And this really goes back to a lot of different points, you know. In Europe and some other places, it's still this way. But in America, it's definitely not. It used to be that everyone stayed together, okay? Grandparents, parents, grandchildren, all under one roof. Siblings and things like that, mostly under one roof. Or if they moved out, they didn't move far. And it used to be that way in America. You can see it in a lot of our cultural things, right? Poor or rich. Look back at classic movies. Think back to the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Where's Charlie live? Multiple generations in the same home. We look at that today and we think, oh, that's because they're poor. No, that's the way it was done. They stayed together. They took care of each other. And that was kind of the necessity of it all. And even up into... The 50s and 60s, you'd see that quite often. Now, from like the 70s onward, you really see us pull away from that. That's also when divorce rates and everything went up. And when we look at that, it's really a lot easier to kind of understand why. And this is another reason why I say sometimes that you can point exactly to where a family died. Okay, now tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Mom and dad raised a bunch of kids. Kids are successful. Everything's still great. We all know each other. We're all happy. Kids grow up, move out into the world. They find people they love. They marry. They settle down. Some start businesses. Some go on to careers. Everything's great. 
Everyone's even prospering and thriving. We don't have any failures or real big challenges. Mom and dad are proud. They think, you know, I've done a great job raising these kids. Everything's wonderful. I'm just going to spoil the grandkids and enjoy life. And then the holidays come around. Maybe the kids split those with the, between each family. Years start to go by. Grandkids grow up, start that thing again. And then the grandparents, the original mom and dad, they pass away. Those brothers and sisters now, they don't come together anymore. They don't see each other at Thanksgiving. They don't see each other at Christmas. They talk, but it's less and less often. Each of their grandkids don't really ever see each other, but maybe once every couple of years. When there's more of a family reunion or large gathering. It could be longer in a lot of families. They see their grandparent. They see their parents. They don't see those uncles. They definitely don't see those uh, great uncles or those second cousins that often. And they could even live in the same town. But they're not really close. What binds them? What holds them together? When grandma and grandpa died, they were what held it together. Now they're gone. Then I want you to ask yourself, are they really the Big Smith's family? Or are they now devolved into Peter Smith's family and Sarah Smith's family? And you guys might say, well, that's just normal. What, what's the problem? What's the big deal with that? Well, if we want to have that iconic dynastic wealth, if you want your, your uh, efforts to take care of your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, you're going to face this reality. We're going to have to bind them all together. And that's why I'll tell you that if the only reason we really spend time together and come together as a family is because grandma and grandpa exist and we share them, do we really have a living family? What do we really stand for? Who are we? And that's why it sounds rough or hard or harsh. That's why I refer to those as dead families. They're not a tied together extended family. And you're going to see this theme as we go through and talk about these successful families and these not so successful families. It's overcoming that peace that keeps us together. And that's fundamentally a culture thing. But let's look at where this kind of begins because this is what I'm kind of talking about today. How this begins in a family business and how things kind of go. Because you're going to find that when there's a family business, it's not even as simple as that story we just told, okay? It's not even as simple as when grandma and grandpa are gone, how do we relate to each other? Because that business is left behind, right? Because as you're growing up in one of those phases, you only really see your parents when it's related to business, okay? Yeah, 
parents might still go to your basketball games, your football games, your volleyball games. But most of their time spent in the business. And I'd like to challenge you to think back. Especially if you're in one of those businesses that's in the first or second generation. Think back. When you were growing up, how many of your memories, your everyday memories, not those special occasions, which sports would be special occasions on there, because if you don't have a business, those are special occasions too, and outside of that and things you have a home life. How much of your home life is tied to that business? How many of those memories are you at the business with mom and dad? Even if you didn't work in it, at their office, how many of them are there? I bet there's a lot of them. So your mom and dad's identity is tied to the business. Your family identity is tied to the business. Okay? In this situation, family time is business time. And when family time is business time, you're going to measure how close you are to the family, how important you are, how loved you are. Let's be real with that. It's going to be tied to the business. If you work hard in the business and spend a lot of time with mom and dad, they're going to see you. They're going to love everybody else, but how can you not bond closer with someone that you see all the time that's working just as hard as you, that's side by side with you in the trenches? How can you not? And if you happen to be that one who has a significant interest outside or doesn't get to spend as much time in the business, are you going to feel there's a little bit of favoritism, a little jealousness? Because there's not that closeness between you and the others. Don't have to. But if the family revolves around the business, that's where it's going to come from. That's where it's going to be. And whether you believe it or not, I've dealt with lots of families and family businesses. And when we're in this business as the center of our lives stage... That child who is with us all the time and working in the business, whether they have the business acumen, whether they do a really good job or not, just by virtue of being there, we start to feel like they're there with us. They're working just as hard as us. Maybe they deserve more from the business or deserve more of these things because they were gone there and with us. And we start to think about those kids who had outside interests, maybe different careers and things is not as dedicated. Sometimes we think they're lazy, not as capable. We think they're not as hard to work or they're not driven. They just don't have what it takes. And we start to think these things. And it's those kinds of things that will cause those divides. Because... Deep down, we may even think, you know, those people who aren't in the business or aren't with us, 
maybe they're a little disloyal. They're not really supporting the family or going after it. And you don't have to say this. It comes out. And you can say, well, we're all close. We're all in the family and things like that. Are you really sure, though? Do you talk about those interests outside the business? Is it that safe environment where you're just as excited about the kid who has an interest that's totally non-business related or interest in a career field that's not the business? Or do you say, yeah, that's great, and kind of give it lip service, give a little pat on the back? Or do you get intense about it and passionate about it, just like you do with the business with the kid who's in the business? It's impossible to treat all our kids the same. But we've kind of got to be on guard with ourselves when we've got that family business and we're in this business first phase. And that's why the successful businesses, families, they evolve. Okay? That doesn't mean you don't work hard in the business. That doesn't mean that the business is important and that you see it as survival. But there's a shift to where the family is the center of our lives and not the business. Where the business serves the family and not that the family serves the business. Think about like a baby, right? That business is your baby. It's kind of like your child in a way. And I always like, my mom used to have a saying, and she said it a few times to some people, and you know, I, I thought it was pretty wise. She said, you know, when you're a parent, it's not your child's job to love you. It's your job to love your child because that's what they need at first when they're young. It's what they need when they're being nurtured. The business is the same way. It's your baby. It needed all that energy in life when it was growing up. And you got to give that to it. If you're not at that stage where you're stable there with the family business, the franchise is in doubt. Success is not certain. You need to work that hard in it. But there comes that time. When you've got to make that shift over to family-centric, when it's not that baby anymore, and you've got to let go a little bit. you got to find out who you are. Because after that 10 years of building it up, that's so tied to your identity. It's tied to your kid's identity. And when the kids and everyone start to move and leave and go out to other areas, you don't need that extra added layer of the favorite got the business. You were always dad's favorite. You're always mom's favorite. They always were more interested in what you wanted to be interested in more because they're interested in the business and you just happen to be there all the time. That makes that death of the family come even sooner. It could be a death to the wealth too. We can't That endangers taking care of the people or the money. And we can't let that happen. The family has to start becoming the center. Everyone has to know that. It doesn't compare to the business, so that's when you start thinking about, you know, hey, what are those talents? Johnny, I know you're not involved in the business. Are you going to be involved in the family investments? Are you going to design these family get-togethers? 
Are we going to make it a point that we all get together and talk about these things as a family? You're not in the family business, but it's a part of the family and so are you. Let's come together and talk about this. Let's vote. Every member of family member has a say. Even if you don't work in the business, you got to say. You have a say in who we are and our priorities and what we're going to do together. See, that's the real key. That's the real difference between a living family and a dead one. Do you do things together? You have to have that thing together. That's what binds you there. And it can't just be the business. If it's the business, just like if it's grandma and grandpa that hold us together, when grandma and grandpa are gone, we don't have a family anymore. And we kind of splinter off into our own little families, okay? The family isn't the whole. Now it's me and my kids and things. It's not me, my kids, really, and my brothers and sisters or my cousins. Because the thing that holds together is gone. If it's the business that's holding you together and you don't have anything bigger outside of yourselves, then any of those children who aren't in the business aren't in the family. Because if that's all you do together, then they're not with you. They're not a part of it. So you've got to separate that part out. Find that reason for your family to be. Find that part you're going to take care of, your shared values. Make the family first because the family could own multiple businesses. It could have multiple investments. It could have multiple causes and cures. It could have multiple things it does for enjoyment. It could be have uh, all those things together. You've got to have that together part, okay? Your business is a separate person that's living. You are. Your family is to be too because this is the one thing you can pass down forever and share those experiences. And... It's really important two or three generations down the road when you've got those cousins who didn't grow up together. Never had the chance to be inside or outside the business and share those experiences. What's that shared common ground and purpose? What's that identity? And those iconic families that survive and don't have this fracturing or the splintering, they have this. This is what you've got to get. So, if you are one of those families with those family businesses right now who is in that stage where the business is the forefront and it's everything, ask yourselves, is the real survival of my business in doubt? Are we still in that phase where it's we don't know and we have to have that piece? Or if you've reached that area where you've made it, you're established a little bit, you're trying to scale. You're always going to think, if I take a step back from focusing completely on this business, it might all implode. It can't survive without me. But is it true? Or can it survive without you if you start to scale this business properly and now you start to shift to focusing on your family? The business is going to be the identity of you and the identity of the family for a little bit. But when do you make that switch? You're going to have to make that switch before you sell it, before you move on. And that's why people wait too long. When you first need to start scaling it and stepping back a little bit, when we first look at you and we start saying, you know what? You shouldn't be doing that minimum wage work anymore. Your time's too valuable. If anyone tells you that, 
you're at the stage now. Yep, you're at the stage now when you need to start shifting it to a family first, not a business first environment. And involving the family and finding out who you are is just as important. Because only when that business needs you to do all those things, and you can't pull away, you can't train somebody else, you can't delegate it. It just can't happen. That's the only time it stays business-centric. And this is the heart of why these things succeed and why they don't. And that's why we've kind of lost this because since we're not all living together and experiencing life together like we used to back in the days of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we got to have something else that binds us. And it can't just be that it's grandma and grandpa because grandma and grandpa are mortal people. It needs to be who the family is, what we're doing, and how we take care of each other. And we, everyone needs to know that's more important than anything, that we take care of each other, that we have our purpose as a family and our, and our ideals. That's how we really get good results. That's how we have a living family. So is your family dead? Will your family die when you're gone? Because I bet you don't wish that your great-grandchildren don't really ever know each other no one gets together when you're gone. You hope they stay close, right? That's the purpose of family. That's what's great. You don't hope that your kids grow separately apart so that in their 50s and 60s they never see each other, they never do anything together. No one really wants that. It's kind of becoming the norm now, but that's not what's best for everyone. You don't get the most value out of that. So it starts there with you. Start building that culture, building those priorities, and you have to mean what you say and show that shift. If you start doing that shift, the kids are going to see that. The grandkids are going to see that. They'll shift too. They'll think it's okay. They'll know it's okay. And you'll avoid these hard feelings. You'll avoid these uh, perceptions of favoritism. You'll avoid these conflicts as far as divided loyalties. And the family will stay together because it has something that binds them. So that's it for today. We'll come back again and we'll talk about some of this more. And we'll also get into those issues where we're talking about those iconic families that have these same problems.